Hello, and welcome to this One Time at Summer Camp, a podcast all about the magic of summer camp. My name's Nick, and for the first time, I will not be joined by my co-host, Pete. I actually wrote a solo episode and backed out last minute and decided to bring a guest on. So here we have Nick Leslie back on the podcast. Hello. G'day. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on here, so uh, it's good to see your lovely face again. Now, you're from New Zealand, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes. You did just say g'day. Have you guys adapted that, or are you just like copying my energy? Uh, now that I uh, live in America, I've kind of just started saying those sorts of things, like g'day. <laughs> In everyday conversation, just to really force home the fact that I'm not American. Like, I'm a foreigner, just to see if people pick it up. Yeah, that's why when I travel, I just go around being like, bonjour. (laughs) Anyway, doing an episode without the incredible Peter Davey, I did want to hit a good topic. So uh, I want to talk about camp romance today. And, you know, basically falling in love at camp. And I figured you were a good person to have on because you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Many people don't know that, but Kilp and I, um, we fell in love. We've been lovers for the past 12 years. Anya doesn't mind, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anya, for those uh, playing at home, is, uh, is my partner. All right. Now, you can't talk about camp romance without talking about what makes it so special and so unique compared to, you know, dating in the real world, quotation marks. Probably one of the biggest factors is uh, the remoteness and the isolation of most summer camps. And, uh, you know, you compare that off with camps, you know, drawing a lot of their staff from all over the country uh, or often all over the world. Like, you're from presumably New Zealand... Yeah. I'm from quite possibly Australia. Pete's, you know, one of those. Usually, you'll get a lot of staff in every camp that are international or out of state, which just means not a lot of access to cars. Yes. Uh, yes. Would you like to go on a date with me? We can go on a lovely uh, stroll to the tree. That tree over there. <laughs> Everyone's got Hang that favorite tree. Yeah, hang out in the bushes. I don't know. Mm. I mean, you know, you you played it smart. You know, you uh, you ended up with an American with a car. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were looking around the market and you're just like, but how am I going to get to Walmart? Oh, she's got a Tiguan. I'm going to hit her up. <laughs> it's got a it's got a sunroof, so you can drive around with the sunroof open. <laughs> I mean, living the dream, man, living the dream. Thank you. Many camps are being so remote and intentionally trying to unplug from the modern world. They tend not to have the best Wi-Fi or cell service. So to sum it up, you've got this situation where all of these staff from all over the world are in the middle of nowhere with no connection to the outside world. And uh, not only are you halfway to starting a successful cult, but you can create what's called a camp bubble a metaphorical dome around camp like the book slash movie under the dome or even the simpsons without spider pig often this is referred to as the camp bubble um how would you describe the camp bubble i mean i know i just did but like in your own words you're insulated from the rest of the world so if there's a 
a new meme that came out or a new song or a movie, you've just missed it. By the time you're finished with camp, it's old news. A a war could break out and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, I remember there was the song like uh, Riptide by Vance Joy came out. And I think it came out like well at summer camp, but it took an entire year before it actually like came to camp because like no one actually could hear it <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. Like same with like radioactive. You only get like one song in every summer. And then when you do, it's on repeat. Like everything seems to echo off the the bubbles walls and bounce straight back in. So if you hear it one week, you're going to hear it the next week. And then you hear it the week after, you hear it the week after. And kids will be playing it. Kids will go up and sing it nonstop. It's a pain in the ass. But uh, really what this means is that the camp bubble you live, you work in, starts to feel like the entire world. And the people around you who may have been strangers when you first arrive, they start to become the most important people in your life. You'll go through the best, the worst, the weirdest, and the most wonderful times with them knowing that when you finally do leave the bubble, no one is really going to understand what those people meant to you in that time. There was a wise guy once said to me, um, like, when you overcome a struggle together, then you grow closer together. Shout out, Diesel. Um, Without saying that camp's a bad, bad place, camp is a really lovely place, but it is a struggle, and you're constantly struggling every day, but you're struggling with everyone else. And by... Overcoming the struggles together, you grow closer together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Nick, I would say you're actually one of my best friends. But I have this weird thing where all of the people I know in Australia have never met you. And so you're this, like, vague imaginary friend that I have when I talk about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, my international best friend that you guys don't know about, (laughs) like Uh Nick. Yes, the same for me. It's like, oh yeah, my mate in Aussie. I went to camp with this guy from Australia. Yeah, yeah. I talk about you a lot as well. Yeah, like I get the feeling when I'm talking about you that people are just like, oh, that's his imaginary friend. Just like play along. Oh yeah, he's a Kiwi. Great. (laughs) The the nice thing about moving to America is that now when I make references to camp, a lot of my friends here in America are from camp. And so when I say, oh yeah, Kilp. They're like, oh yeah, I know who Kilp is. But if I were to say Kilp <laughs> back home, they're like, don't you mean Kelp? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I just uh, briefly touched on, not only are you trapped in the camp bubble with these people, but you got to create the most interesting and unique memories with them. Every moment at camp starts to feel like the most significant moment of your life. And you're just looking around at the people and you're like, these are the only people that matter. Yeah. And then you start getting the little goggles. Yep, yep. You know, funnily enough, that's actually um, the next thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm still in your thunder. Oh. oh, that's all right. You know, we're just, we're so in sync. Because the next thing I wanted to talk about was a phenomenon affectionately known as the camp goggles. Now, how would you describe the camp goggles? They're just beer goggles that people have renamed uh, camp goggles. <laughs> you know, after week one, week two, week three, you know, everyone starts getting a little bit of a tan on. You know, they take their shirts off a, a little bit more often. That sounded weird, uh, <laughs> uh, but but you know, you get a little bit of sun in into your hair. People get a little bit more sun kissed. Uh, eventually, you know, it just kind of happens. And you're also close proximity. You're constantly rubbing shoulders with with people over and over 
again eventually you know it's just going to happen yeah i mean absolutely right the term like summit camp goggles it's refers to the phenomenon where you're at camp and you start to like develop a distorted perception of like romantic interests and like attraction due to the like unique and intense environment of the camp bubble yeah. you know but where not, not, to say, cons- not to say that you know you know sometimes you can see someone at camp and be like they're very attractive and as the summer goes on they get even more attractive uh, or, or that or they stay the same amount of a, a, attraction throughout the entire time i'm just trying to save myself just in case um someone someone listens to this and uh, says what well, did i get more attractive through the summer or was i not attractive through i'm just gonna can we just edit can we just cut that bit out just cut the whole thing out just sorry <laughs> just every part where you're speaking <laughs> <laughs> no it all stays baby it all stays yeah but yeah i mean Camp goggles, it's the it's the same concept of beer goggles, like you mentioned. Like alcohol can affect your judgment. Complete isolation can do the same. Basically, the people like around you, they just start looking better and better. I, I just thought you were just getting lost in my eyes. Oh, that too, that too. Yeah. That too. <laughs> You know, it's the whole idea that if you're trapped alone on a deserted island for long enough, the curviest palm tree, you know, <laughs> the curviest palm tree might start looking pretty fine. It's got two lovely coconuts up the top. Oh, mate, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, we all have certain needs or desires. After about six weeks of living at camp, Maybe that 5 out of 10 might start looking a little bit more like a 10 out of 10. We've all been there. You know, if you're not sure you agree with me, maybe just go through your camp photos one more time and just have a look at your crush and (laughs) see if it holds up. Yes, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, camp goggles or not, nothing feels any less real about any of it. Having a nice little summer fling, that's what it's all about. Uh, and maybe that summer fling lasts a little longer. I'm just doing damage control at this stage. <laughs> Anya's not listening to this, is she? <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to, like, touch back on the fact that like basically the people in your bubble they start to feel like the only like real people in the world and like suddenly the person who plays like Wonderwall by Oasis every campfire is like the most talented musician in your world the person who like dominates the gaga ball pit is like the most athletic person in the world and the person who cares about you cares more than anyone else Oh, that's really lovely. Can be choked up a little bit. I mean, I get, I want to sort of um, do the back half of this episode by sort of talking about some personal experiences. You know, you and I have both had falling in love at camp. Absolutely. Now, yeah. for me, the year was 2014. And I went to Camp Tall Arrow and... Um, our producer Dante had gone there the two previous years 
And uh, on his first year, he had fallen in love with a girl and she kind of like broke his heart a bit. And then I just heard so much about how she broke his heart and I was like, yeah, fuck her. Don't worry about it. She's the worst. Boo, boo, boo. And I went to his camp with him the third year. And I, you know, I heard all about this villainous character. I turn up at this camp. I go into the dining hall and like, there she is. We go up to each other. She's heard all about me. I've heard all about her, but we pretend we don't know who each other are. And I'm like, hi, I'm Nick. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm Christina. (laughs) And we get to talking. But again, I'm just like, oh, that's Dante's ex. And then we had training week. And constantly we like we are f- paired off into like different groups to do like different training things. And by coincidence, every single thing we got put in the same group. This is the magic. The magic of camp. <laughs> We're supposed to be these like I don't wanna say like enemies again, like, you know, Dante and her, like they made up, they were like friends again. But I'm like, oh Dante's ex, who's really nice. and like as the week kind of rolled through you're at camp and it's just so intense and like one day we're spending like 12 hours in a meeting about how to take care of kids the next it's lifeguard training in like michigan lakes and like i'm playing the victim and she's playing the lifeguard and i actually start getting like hypothermia and she actually has to rescue me (laughs) me oh no we're gonna have to get naked and huddle together for warmth oh no (laughs) but i guess i want to just mention it because it's this situation where like i went into camp being like oh this is like not a person i want anything to do with it's my like best friend's ex blah 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 and then we were just forced to spend every single day together we were put into all these crazy situations we were on like sailboats and uh we're going out to like the local bar and doing like country dancing and it just felt inevitable from that point and like you know eventually i got up the courage to be like hey dante can i ask you something and he's just like yes you can date christina and i was like thanks man and you know we had a wonderful summer together um, until we had to go back to the real world. I don't know. I guess it was... You had to be there, man. But just up. <laughs> you had to be there. You had to be there. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to third wheel that relationship. Uh... <laughs> and the best part is um, she was American, so she had a car. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, sorry, just quick side tangent. So in Australia... Um, when you drive a car, you always pop the handbrake at the end. And I guess in America, no one ever pops the handbrake. They just put it in yeah. park and leave it. Yeah. Anyway, one time I had driven her car. And at the end, I popped up the handbrake. And she had time off and she went to drive somewhere. And she was like, oh my God, my car is broken. It's not going anywhere. It's making crazy noises. And she came and found me. She was like, what did you do to my car? Was it broken when you were driving? And then I got in. I popped the handbrake down. And she goes, ah, what, what did you just do? <laughs> I've never used that thing before. And I'm like, what? That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Of course, when it when uh, the relationship hit the real world and long distance, everything, you know, it eventually kind of came apart. But, uh, you know, that's just 
That's just part of it too. And, you know, I've seen a lot of even multi-year spanning relationships fall apart when they hit the real world. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because, you know, you're in America, you're living with your camp love. And I just, I guess I want you to talk about you guys, you know, this is, this is your chance. Even a, yeah, there are so many relationships at camp that just kind of fizzle out once you go back to the real world. Or even you just put a final date on it. Like, once I'm going back home, that's it. But with me and Anya's relationship, there was something there and it felt more than the other relationships I've had. Not only I thought she was an incredible person, I had my eye on her all summer and the summer before. Once I had spent a couple of weeks with her after camp, um, I'm like, well, why don't we give this a go? Let's see if we can do long distance. I'm coming back next year. And so we did. And, you know, pretty quickly I'm back at camp again. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. I mean, it sucked. It, it really did suck long distance. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but then camp finishes again. And then this time I'm like, well, why don't I just actually try and move to America? Uh, little did I know that that was going to be a seven year long process to, to actually move to America. <laughs> Uh, so we did long distance, but the, the thing is that there was something there and I generally fell head over heels for this girl and I like to think she did the same for me or else she wouldn't have stuck with me doing long distance for as long as it was because it sucked. It, it generally did suck and the best like way you can say it, you actually love someone is dealing with the American immigration system because if it isn't true love, uh, you, you don't want to even have to deal with that thing because oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, I'm still waiting for my green card, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I guess a, a couple of questions, you know, again. Uh, do you, Would you say you've got any, like, concise, like, tips for making it work long distance? Embrace the suck, <laughs> because it's going to suck. It, it's, it, it like, it, people say, oh, it's hard, it's hard. It's, it's not hard, it just, it just sucks. So you you want you have a bad day. You can't really go home and lie on the couch together and watch TV. Like you have to wait for them to wake up. I mean, you just have to keep pushing through it and and find your like ways to be self sufficient and cry to your mum a lot. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so happy you guys made it work because so oh my you know I I was there the summer you guys actually got together and because of you because of you. Well, I was taking credit for it initially, and then I think at one point you kind of walked it back, and you were like, "Well, it wasn't really to do with you." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> uh, oh, I, I always remember. Kilp came up to me one day. I was like, "Oh yeah, you and Anya are kind of cute together." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, if Kilp's picked up on something, maybe we should make a move." But yeah, I mean, this is actually a pretty classic, just random camp example, but. The day that, like, you know, before you guys actually were together, uh, you, me, and Anya, so of course, you know, just a, a classic thruple in camp date. Yes. We had, like, gotten our hands on some of those, like, paper lanterns. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the three of us were just, like, lighting paper lanterns to, like, fly through the air. And I was taking a photo when you guys were, like, holding both ends of the, like, the paper lantern together and then, like, you let it go together. And then, you know, you brushed shoulders very romantically. And I was just like, wow, look at these two. Look at these two. 
and then combine that with uh, touching hands and the non-Newtonian fluid. Oh my god! And it was it was going to happen. It was gonna it was happen. fate. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that non-Newtonian fluid. It's it, yeah. It brings <laughs> so many people together. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I guess you know, just to sort of sum up, like you go to camp, you're cut off from your normal support networks, so you form all these brand new support networks with all these amazing people and you know that even kind of just adds to the, like the camp goggles but you know you see these people at their best you see them at their worst and you end up falling in love pretty easily and pretty hard and i genuinely do think that there is something special about camp relationships and it's like no secret why so many people to develop a camp boo. <laughs> and yeah, I just couldn't wait to get on and just have an episode to actually talk about it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming because it is something that, I mean, it's important to me and it's important to so many other people that have gone to camp. Uh, you're hard-pressed to find someone that's gone to camp that hasn't had a really camp relationship. and they, they are meaningful. They are real. They are great. Yeah, and you know, I, want, I do want to give a, a shout-out to people who have real world relationships but they separate and go to camp every year like at camp tall arrow one of the camp directors is married and has a husband and she goes to camp every single year and just doesn't see her husband for like three months while she goes to camp and that's kind of amazing like it's kind of beautiful that they have a relationship where she can just do that and he understands how important it is for her and whatnot. While we're on the topic of this, uh, there's a TV show I've been watching called Below Deck. Sorry, I need to announce yet. They were Below Deck, or else it was like, <laughs> some little with a sailing yacht. And on it, there's this Kiwi called Colin, who's every year has gone on the sailing yacht. Premise of the show, they have a big fancy yacht that they sail. Maybe you've seen it. It's on Bravo. Check it out. It's really good. It's probably the perfect analogy for what a summer camp is like for someone that has never been to a summer camp. So if you tell them, hey, watch this show, you kind of have the whole camp goggles thing. It's short-lived. It's a stressful job. The guests are there, but you're there for the guests, but the guests aren't necessarily important. I mean, they are, but they are the whole reason you're there, but the show's about the people on the boat. But there's this kid we call Colin, and every single year he would go, he would be in a relationship, and he would watch everyone else couple up, and he likes to stir the pot, but the most recent <laughs> season, he went single. And him and this other stewardess called Daisy, this Irish lady, they finally hooked up. And then it's also this messy, messy whip because she's also hooked up. With, spoiler, she's also hooked up with the deckhand. I need to enunciate that word. So yeah, it's, it's the perfect analogy of here's all these relationships that can happen at camp and how messy things can get at camp. But it's also all on a boat. I, I can definitely see that. I had a friend who did cruise ships for a number of years. And it probably is really relatable to the camp experience. Just replace campers with rich cruise people. People who go on cruise. Is there a name for them? Retirement? Reti- retired people? I don't know. I feel like, you know, a camp bubble or just a literal boat that you're trapped on. It's all the same sort of thing. Without a doubt. I've been watching it and I'm like, man, this is just like camp. But they get paid a substantial amount more money than I ever did at camp. 
but yeah, yeah things get a little messy and so there's always that one person that hooks up with a few too many people and it gets a little messy because of that and oh i mean um, that happens at summer camp too yeah and they think the relationship will last when they get off the boat but they're only on the boat for so long and then they go off to the separate parts of the world and if someone was looking for an example of what a summer camp is below deck sailing yacht i mean there's the mid version and there's the the normal one but yeah the sailing yacht one oh, gary <laughs> bit of a slime ball well that's just a, a free endorsement for below deck yeah they needed it they needed the help excellent it's on bravo peacock if you're in the u.s sure sure i don't know either of them i think it's on binge here streaming services have gone too far we might close out the episode and head on in to the wisdom zone the wisdom zone the wisdom zone um now full disclosure normally peter's the um the lord of wisdom but do you have a do you have a wisdom zone for us or am i gonna have to find one uh, uh, let me ask uh, ChatGBT. <laughs> you would. You absolutely would. What's What's the man saying? Nah, uh, it's all garbage. All right, all right, all right. I've got a wisdom zone for us. It's okay to be alone. Boom. Oh, lovely. And it's okay to go to camp and not have a camp romance. Yeah. You know, I think everything I've said about camp romance applies to friendships as well. You know, you exactly. and me, you and me, we've yeah. got our own little, yeah. you know, we've got yeah. both. We've got a camp romance on one side, that, but that one's secret. And then a, just a, a, an open camp friendship. Yeah. Like I've got so many people that around the world that I'll say, yeah, they're my friend. I were to go to, I don't know, Scotland. I'll be like, hey, can I sleep on your couch? And they would say, yes. And I've done the same for the people that have come to New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're real friendships. They're real friendships. And they're real, real, I don't want to say romances. but Real yeah, relationships. Real relationships. No matter what. Now, obviously, if you have a good camp romance story or anecdote you want to tell, you can contact us at this one time at summercamppod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram at this one time at Summer Camp Pod. Nick Leslie's been doing something special for us. Tell us what we've got now. Check out summercamppod.com. Because we have a website now. Thank you so much for coming on, Nick Leslie. Thank you for having me. They were wrong about you. You're all right. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to my, my lovely, lovely partner, Anya, as well. I love you very much cute as did you have anything else you want to plug well you've got the uh, the mic i do have a website about my cats uh, you'll be able to find it at cats.nicklesley.dev cats.nicklesley.dev check it out someone else had a website about cats so i want a website about cats now you, yep. de- you deserve a website about cats as thank do you. we all thank you all right well that'll do us for today and thank you so much for listening Keep an eye out for future episodes. We're doing at least one a month, but we'll try and smash out a couple more. Farewell. Farewell.